Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. As a church, uh, for over 10 years, for a decade, we have made it our practice at the beginning of uh, the year that we would pray and fast. And and we're going to begin to talk about the purpose for that. And the main reason that we pray and fast, uh, Pastor Steve, how many of you so appreciate Pastor Steve and Keola? Are they not unbelievable? And you know what, Pastor Steve, not only does he lead in worship, uh, he preaches. I think tonight is collective. Is that right? So if you are young, old, I don't care who you are, come to the collective tonight and let's see what God will do. Now, isn't it amazing? Pastor Steve can sing, he can play the guitar. And right now, for the most part, he is playing in tune. Can you sense that? If you can't, you need a healing, but there's miracles in this house. And and so big, have you ever heard someone attempting to play, but they play out of tune? How many of you notice the difference between in tune? Oh, now out of tune. Can I say, I wanna tell you something not a pandemic, not a shutdown, not a variant could ever get you and I out of tune with God's purpose for our life. But the main reason we're praying and fasting is I want to come in tune. Are you with me? In tune or alignment with God. One more time, Pastor, she show us in tune. And you don't need to be a musical sage to know, Mozart, that this is in tune. But also, Beethoven, listen to out of tune right there. Can you just get that? Can you give Pastor Steve a hand clap for this incredible demonstration? And can I say, when our lives are out of tune, not only we, we're usually the last to know it, but can I say the world and those around us know that something needs to be in sync. So these 21 days for me, and I do it. You said, well, you're a pastor. Do you need to get in alignment? Yeah. And you said, well, didn't you do that last year? Yes. But can I tell you right now, you could have a Maserati. You can have a Tesla. I have a Volvo. And if you drive that day in and day out, week after week, year after year, you're eventually going to have to go and get an alignment. And you could have the best car in the world. Hear me. You could have the greatest life in the whole world from your family to your career to your portfolio. But if our lives are out of alignment, it is going to be a bumpy ride to eternity. And I want a smooth ride. And a smooth ride does not come because we've been promised to know the future, but we know the God who holds the future. Are you with me? And so that is the purpose of 21 days of prayer and fasting. Now, I told you to go to Isaiah, but I want you to go to Jeremiah, and that's right by Isaiah. It's a long, long prophet, and this is what we're basing uh, this series, and I want to say this year on is Jeremiah 33.3. 
And we are declaring and believing Jeremiah 33.3 over our lives, not only individually as believers, but collectively as a church. And, and I'm going to read from my Bible. I want you to actually see me do that. Sometimes I'll read from the notes, but I'm trying to model before you, just like a parent or a grandparent models before the children or the grandchildren. This is how we do life if you're a Fuquay. And so if you come to City Church, California. This is how we do church. We actually read our own Bibles. Here we go. It says, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. I want to read that again. It says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. One translation says this, ask. Another one says, address me by name. My grandkids, I don't know how they came up with this, but they call me Jude. And so whether it's Lucy, Rio, even Quincy, who's 18 months, he goes, Jude, and he gets my attention. Can I say right now in these 21 days of prayer and fasting, we're not coming just in any name. We're coming in the name that is above every name that by which anyone can be saved. And it says here, call to me and I am going to answer you. I'm going to show you remarkable secrets, things you did not know or figure out on your own. And so we're going to begin to do this. The true source, and I want to begin to give you this, the true source of success and satisfaction is doing the will of God and discovering or fulfilling the purpose of God. Did you hear me? You can have all the money in the world. You could have the greatest career in the world. And in one sense, have an amazing family. But if we're not doing the will of God and finding and fulfilling his purpose, then we will not be satisfied. And when I begin to think about Jeremiah 33.3, which is one of my favorite scriptures in the entire Bible, call to me, I begin to think that he says, and I'm going to answer you and I'm going to show you things that you cannot figure out on your own. Sometimes I wonder if Blockbuster, if the year before Netflix came into existence, if they as a corporation would have called upon the Lord and he could have showed them what was around the corner. I'm thinking of all the companies that used to be in and now they're no more. How about B. Dalton? bookstore. Someone should have gave them a glimpse of Amazon. Are you with me? Can I say, we don't know what variant will come next, but there is something that we do know. It is a rock solid promise. No matter who you are, if you call, if you ask on the name of the Lord, he is going to show you things that you cannot figure out on your own. And that is what I am declaring over 2022, that we are a praying people, we are a seeking people, and that success and fulfillment or satisfaction comes not just because of money or career or even some of our friends, but it comes through fulfilling the purpose of God in our life. Are you with me? Can you say amen? Now, I want you to go to Isaiah, if you will, to uh, chapter 14. 
in one of my favorite books, now, okay, I just had to lick my finger to get these pages to move because this Bible is so new. So do not come and shake my hands after, uh, unless you have a blind eye, Jesus spit in the eye and maybe that can help your eye. I, I don't know, but we're going to Isaiah chapter 14. And I want you to know, one of my favorite books of all times, it's a best-selling book, and it's written by Pastor Rick Warren, which is called The Purpose Driven Life. And in that book, it's 40 days. If you've never read that book, you may want to take the first 40 days or of this month and begin to read that. And I'm still looking for Isaiah 14. That's a challenge when you don't have it right before you. Okay, here we go. And in the book, in the beginning words of that book, he says this, discovering your purpose has nothing to do with you, but everything to do with God. And when we think about our purpose, many times we think of our career, our destiny, geography. Should I live here? Should I live there? Who's going to be my significant other in the future? Am I going to meet them this year? It has less to do about that and everything to do about God and fulfilling his purpose for us. Now, I want you to really get this. God has a purpose. I want you to know that God has a purpose. And I want you to write this down. A purpose is defined as the reason for which something is done. The purpose of this smartphone is to talk, to text. You could uh, discover things from Google. You could do many things on it. It's it's gone far beyond the traditional phone. It's not that little Nokia flip top that you, uh, flip phone that you used to have. It has many different purposes. I can tell you one thing that this phone is not created for, and that is to warm the bath water. It's not, or to check the temperature if you're boiling water. It's not going to work. Can I say you and I were created with a purpose, and God has a design for each of us, so a purpose is defined as a reason for which something is done, created, for which something exists. I want to discover why I am breathing on this planet. And I just want to just settle it right here. God's purpose for you and I is the same in 2022 as it was in 2021, 2020, 2019, 10, you know, to the beginning of time, God's purpose has never changed. It is the same for you and I. Many things change, but God's purpose for us will never change. So will you read with me this is Isaiah. We're going to look at verse 14, uh, chapter 14, and we're going to begin to read verses 26 and 27. It says, this is the purpose. And notice that it's one purpose. It's not a plural. One purpose that God has for all of humanity. It says, and this is a purpose that is purposed against the whole earth. So that means Africa and Asia. That means South and Central America, Europe, Canada, America, North, South, East, West, from San Francisco all the way down to San Diego, God's purpose is the same. And this is the hand that is stretched out over 
all the nations, every nation from Egypt to Greece to Rome and all the ruling empires of history, God's purpose has never changed. For the Lord of hosts has purposed, it's something that's past tense, and, and, and it says he has purposed, who will annul it? Let's just take a breath and answer that, no one. No government, no fad, no celebrity, no human being can ever change God's purpose for you and I. It has been settled in heaven, and that's what brings about a successful and satisfying and fulfilling life. And it says, his hand is stretched out, who will turn it back? So God's hand is stretched over the entire earth. Why? To reveal his purpose for us. Now let's go to Isaiah 46. And this is a new Bible. If you ever had a new Bible, if you haven't, go to Amazon and order one. Or go to the Gideons. I think you'll be able to get one complimentary. And so this is actually how long it takes if you're turning uh, and talking at the same time, proving I can multitask, kind of. And so we're looking at 46. I want you to look at verse 11. And again, we're looking at God's purpose for us. And I love this verse. It says here, calling a bird of prey from the east... The man who executes my counsel from a far country, indeed I have spoken it. And many people have a lot of declarations in 2022. I want to know what God is speaking. And it says this, I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will also do it. Can I say whatever God has purposed, he is going to fulfill. All right. Let's go to one of my favorite scriptures. It's one of most believers favorite scriptures. Go to Romans. All right. It's in the New Testament. This is a new Bible. Oh, and I got right there. I'm not going to even have to scrunch the pages to get there. Go to Romans 8:28. And again, we're talking about the purpose of prayer and fasting. And I love this Romans 8:28, and I'm just watching some people I have a lot more mercy that I'm turning to each of these scriptures. They're still taking time, so I'm going to give them time. And online, you do the same thing. This is Romans 8, 28. So here we go. Here we go. It says, and we know that all things work together for the good. I want to stop right here. All things do not work together for the good. Can I see? say, I cannot believe it's been two years. This began to happen in 2020. We are now in 2022. In just a couple of months, 60 days, we will begin to celebrate two full years of this pandemic. And for some people, it will work together for good, but not for everyone. And the verse does not say all things work for good for everyone. There's some qualifications. Look at the two qualifications. It says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called, not a calling, but the calling. It is the church, the ecclesia, according to his 
purpose. I want you to underline the word purpose there. So all things work together for those who love God, who are the called, and how are they called? According to God's purpose. Now I want you to underline that word purpose in your Bible. Many people, uh, as they read Romans 8, 28, 29, 30, and 31, they say it is a pearl of redemption. And some theologians say that God's choice of you and me are unconditional. Others say, no, it is with condition. You have to believe. I want to put before you the only unconditional word in this passage, which uh, John Calvin, Martin Luther, the great Augustine himself, they, they would string it like a string of pearls. The only unconditional word is the word purpose because God's purpose has never changed because God's purpose comes from who he is and God's purpose was in his heart before there was a world before there was humanity before there was angels nothing will ever change God's purpose it's unconditional I want to know that unconditional purpose of God for you for me for us amen Let's go to one more, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. 2 Timothy, if you're new to the Bible, you're going to go Thessalonians, Thessalonians. If you're in Titus, rewind a little bit. Here we go, 2 Timothy, and we're going to look at verse 9, and we are looking again at God's purpose for us. 2 Timothy, and I love this, 2 Timothy Verse 9, chapter 1, chapter 1, verse 9. Here we go. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. God has called you with something very unique that only you could fulfill in this life. Not according to our words. So whether you had a good day or a bad day, it does not matter. God's calling of you is based on him. Get this, but according to his own purpose, did you get that? God didn't call me because I was good last year. God is not a cosmic Santa Claus who's checking a list to see who's naughty or nice. God is God and he has called us with a holy, beautiful, unique calling, meaning there is a reason why we are breathing on this planet and he has called us not according to our works, but according, you could read this, I put it to memory, according to his own purpose which he gave us in Christ Jesus before time began. I think I, that was pretty much spot on right there. According to his own purpose and grace, up oh, missed that part, which is given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. I want to begin to give you four full purpose. I put three. That, that, that's the new four, all right? I want to give you four words when it comes to God's purpose, not only for you individually and me individually, but for us as a church. Number one, God has called us to a relationship. The number one and highest thing that we have been called to is a relationship with God. The Westminster Catechism says this, that the chief purpose of humanity is not only to know God, but that you 
you enjoy God, that you come into a relationship with God. When we begin to say we exist as a church for anyone to believe, we're not just saying mentally accept God or Father or even believe in Jesus. We are saying what the Bible says that the purpose of God, the chief, the number one priority of God for us in this life is to come into a relationship with God. Number two, write this word down, character. That God, and we'll talk about this next week, character. And you know what character is? It means when our inside, who you are as a man or a woman on the inside is the same as who you are on the outside. You know what they say, reputation is who people think you are. Oh man, he goes to church. Man, he really prays. But our character is who we really are. And can I say, I think a lot of people, you could be wealthy, you could be successful, but I think a great need in our nation right now in 2022 is that we need character, meaning that who we are on the inside is in alignment with our outer behavior and we are changed from the inside out. That's why we're having an encounter retreat. You say, well, I've done that. Well, you know what? I've done it too, but I'm going to do it again because I want my inside life, my heart life, my thinking life to be in sync with the character, not only my character, but can I say the character of Jesus Christ? Can you say amen? And you know what? And and again, uh, I'm really believing that 2022, we're going to begin to see the sunset on what we've been through the last two years. But I want you to know, there's not one, no one is powerful enough to legislate that men and women be born with character. And our nation is a nation of a government by the people, for the people, because of the people, that when the people lose sight of their integrity and their character, it is impossible for them to lead or govern one another. I want uh, literally, uh, what would you say, a tune-up? I want a recalibration of my character this year. And for the record, I'm not comparing myself to the one on the right and on the one on the left because if you have Mother Teresa as one neighbor, you're not doing too well. If you have Freddy Krueger on Elm Street as the other neighbor, you're doing a little bit better. So my my goal isn't trying to get a six, a seven, an eight. Ah, that was a little bit rough on the landing, but he nailed it. No, I want the character of Jesus Christ in my life. Come on. And I can honestly say what brings fulfillment is relationship. And that's why I know for a fact, I'm glad for online. And we gla- we're glad. We's glad. We are glad that you've joined us. But can I say that is not how we will be satisfied. And I am convinced after this pandemic that the world needs better, healthy relationships to bring fulfillment and satisfaction. And relationship is only sustained if we have have character. Come on. Becky and I uh, celebrated 35 years of marriage in November. Can I say it takes more than relationship. It takes integrity in the relationship to sustain the relationship. 
I got a hearty, that's right, all the way from the back, amen? So what is God's purpose? Write these words down, and you may want to chat them. Number one is relationship. Number two is character. Number three is leadership. And you know what they say, you can only lead if you follow. We will never really know how to lead unless we come under the leadership of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And number four is that we would bear fruit for God and with God. What is it if we're successful but not fruitful? I want to be fruitful. Now, I want to say it another way. So it's relationship, character, leadership, and fruitfulness. Let's do it another way. Number one, know God. Become like God lead with God. Well, we can't lead with God if we're not being led by God. Romans 8 says those who are children of God are led, not driven by the Spirit of God. And the next one is to bear fruit with or for God, for and with God. So know God, become like God, uh, lead with God, and that we bear fruit with God and for God. Now, one of my favorite missionary organization is Youth with the Mission, and it's called YWAM. And I had the honor and privilege so many years ago, because I am that old, to spend an entire summer in Amsterdam, Holland, with Youth with a Mission. And back then, I don't know if it still is, when you came out of the train station and you looked and you saw the plaza, you would see to your left a huge building. It was the Youth with the Mission building in 1985. And on the top of the building, it said these words, no God, no God, and guess what was the rest of their mission statement? No God and make him known. That we can never make God known unless we ourselves know God. And so I want to begin to talk about the primary purpose of God is to be in a relationship with God or know God. I want you to think about this. If we do not know God, we cannot become like God, we cannot lead with God, and we will not bear fruit with, uh, with and for God. Did you understand that? For us to lead with God, become like God, bear fruit with and for God, we have to come into a relationship with God. Now, these days, relationships are really, really funny and fickle. So if you follow someone on Facebook and they post something, for example, Example about a mask, whether you should wear it or not, and you don't like the post, then you could easily, you know, dislike. And if they really push you to the edge, you could unfriend them. There is a certain sensation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram when someone is irritating me. It's so easy. I just unfriend them, and I'm hoping and praying they get notified. He just unfriended you. And sometimes I think that's how we treat church and God. Oh, God didn't answer my friend. Mm, unfriend. I mean, answer my friend. Answer my prayer. Uh, unfriend. Oh, I'm still waiting for my significant other. Mm, unfriend. Can I say that's not the type of relationship that God wants with us? Now, hear me when I tell you. Our relationship with God is different than any relationship that we've ever experienced. 
experience from our parents to a spouse to a child to a friend to a neighbor to a co-worker to an enemy or a bestie God's relationship with him is unparalleled and I want to give you seven words all right and I want you to write these down and if you're online I want you to begin to chat these uh, words down I want to begin to give you these seven words don't listen to me God's most comprehensive title when it comes to God is Father. And God is a Father. No spiritual belief system believes that their deity is a Father. And God desires to have a relationship with his children. That's his number one desire. So please hear me. When you say, you know what, that worship was a little bit long. Why do we have to go so long? Because we're not clocking in and out. We are not doing a spiritual service. We are in a dynamic, authentic, daily relationship with God where we are interacting with God. He's speaking to us. Come on. He's the one. What is our scripture for the year? Call to me. Ask me. Call me by name. And I'm going to show you things you cannot figure out on your own. That takes relationship. Are you with me? So therefore, our relationship with God should be the number one priority in our lives. And I want to tell you, even as a pastor, if you could only imagine, I know a lot of people say, well, what do pastors do all day? Do you sit and pray all day? I would love to sit and pray all day. Then I wouldn't have to deal with the challenges of ministry. A friend of mine called me uh, at the end of 2021. They said, you know, the ministry would be great if it wasn't for people. And I started laughing. I said, bro, the ministry is people. It's all about people. And I, I bet it's about God. It begins. Now, write this down, Matthew 6, And I'm not going to have you turn there. I'm going to quote it. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So just when Pastor Steve was playing in tune, oh, we liked it. It relaxed us when he played out of tune, it, it kind of, oh, that, that, I, I need an adjustment. Can I say right now, the number one thing that I need an adjustment, now I'm a pastor and hear me when I tell you, you know, the only thing worse than a teacher, a parent, a business person, a lawyer, or a doctor, that's literally their relationship with God is out of sync. The only other career that would be more hell than those would be a pastor whose relationship with God is out of sync. How can we do what we do if we're not in a relationship with God? And I want to say my first priority is not to be a pastor. Your first priority is not to be a teacher, a lawyer, or a doctor. Our first priority is to be in a relationship with God. And we enter that relationship relationship with God, we're going to be a different type of teacher, a different type of pastor, a different type of doctor, a different type of business person. Come on, are you with me? A different type of parent because we are in a relationship with God. I want to give you seven words that this is the only way God will relate to you and I. This is the only way God will relate to you and I. Number one is the word covenant. Covenant. 
And that word is a binding contract between two parties. In fact, if you don't know this, this is a new Bible. You could tell all glossy. But if you're new to the Bible, it's divided into two sections, the old covenant and the new covenant. If you want to know the language that God speaks, one of my wife's favorite books, well, she wants me to read this book every year, The Five Languages of Love. In The Five Languages of Love, let me see if I have them down. Uh, Words, touch, attention, time, and service. And so I'll say, which, did I get them right? No, I, well, good, no. (laughs) Thus, Oh, okay, words of, oh, no, the title's actually words followed by affirmation. Okay, yes, words of affirmation. Okay, so let's do it correctly. Words of affirmation, time, service, attention, and now you messed me up, Rebecca, my goodness. (laughs) Oh, gifts, how could I forget that one, okay? And so... Kid you not, that that is not God's love language. God has only one language when he speaks to you and I. And get it, he will not only speak to us, he will not only relate to us, he only relates to us concerning covenant. And covenant is a binding contract. In fact, the, the, the key word in the Bible is covenant. The first time it is mentioned is in Genesis 6. When God speaks to Noah, it's a pandemic. It's a global flood. It's catastrophic. And, and when things go wrong in the world and pop-up theologians are, are coming from everywhere, God says, hey, by the way, when society and experience are going to try to confuse you about me, I want you to know I am a covenant-making, covenant-keeping, covenant-enabling, and covenant-revealing God. I have made an irrevocable, unbreakable contract with you that you cannot break, Satan cannot break, and global tragedy cannot break it. Can you say Amen. And and can I just say, when it comes to God, these seven words are important because a lot of times we want to relate to God the way we define God. It's almost like someone who had a bad relationship with a guy or a girl. It's like the bad boyfriend. And now all people, men, are uh, defined by that one relationship. God will not be defined by anyone but himself. And in the scripture, it defines who God is. And more than anything, God... God is a covenant-making, covenant-keeping, covenant-enabling God. Now, let me tell you, that, that kind of that halfway got there. Let me tell you when the nickel finally dropped for me. Because I knew God would keep his end of the bargain. How many of you have ever met someone who kept their end of the bargain? Okay, how many of you ever met someone who did not keep their end of the bargain? All right, now get this. I use, I know, I know that I know that I know that God, the God of the Bible, has kept his word. He's kept his covenant. But where I struggled in the past is I knew I didn't keep my end of the bargain. And what I did, I was reading in Genesis. And it came when Abraham, God commanded Abraham to take an animal 
to cut it in two and divide the pieces and that he would go to sleep and a smoking oven would walk through the pieces. And when Abraham woke up, God spoke to me and said, hey, if I break my covenant, my word with you, may I become like this dead animal. And if you break, you don't keep your end of the bargain, may you become like this dead animal. You guys, I was like a roller coaster for years. And I was in a relationship with God. I would love to shout, get on every rooftop, go on YouTube before Netflix, after Blockbuster, and begin to tell you that fulfillment and satisfaction is impossible without understanding covenant. And my walk with God was like a roller coaster at Magic Mountain. When I kept my end of the bargain, I was good. When I didn't keep my end of the bargain, I was judged. When I kept my end of the bargain, until one day, I I'm reading the smoking oven story. Abraham is asleep and the spirit of God impressed on my mind, spoke to my intelligence. He said, Jude, as God, I kept my end of the bargain. He said, but I would become a man. He said, Jude, he goes, that was me, Christ, before I was born, walking through the pieces and I upheld your end of the bargain. So get off the roller coaster of New Year's resolution and realize I made the covenant, I kept the covenant, it is irrevocable, unbreakable because you are in me. That's the best I can describe that word. The next word is this, is commitment. So covenant, commitment. Now, the greatest covenant that Becky and I made was with each other 35 years ago. And we took a vow, and that's what a covenant involves. It involves words, it involves a commitment and a vow. But the next one is commitment. And I want you to know this, commitment is a staggering thing these days. We commit to things, oh yeah, I like them, mm, don't like them, mm, yeah, I like this hamburger, mm, now I hate this hamburger. No, commitment is meaning we're willing to not only go the extra mile, but to put our life on the line. Let me explain it to you this way. The chicken and the pig were hanging out one day, and the pig said, man, I'm so hungry during these 21 days of prayer and fasting. I can't believe Pastor Judas called us again to prayer and fasting. Man, I've just been dreaming about some eggs. I wish I could have some eggs. I was thinking maybe I could have an omelet. Maybe I could have a cheese omelet, a salsa omelet. And then the pig said, man, I know I'm hungry. Why has Pastor Jude called these 21 days of prayer and fasting? He says, all I've been, no, this is the pig. That was, he was saying eggs. The chicken goes, you know what I want? I just want one thing during these 21 days. I want some bacon. I love bacon. I love the smell of bacon. I love bacon on my donuts. I love bacon on my salad. And all of a sudden, the pig said this. He said, well, give me some eggs. And the chicken says, yeah, I'll give you some eggs, but you give me some bacon first. And the pig said, Mr. Chicken, in the non-Jewish sense, he said, for me to give you bacon, I have to give my life. For you to give me eggs, you just have to give me a little surplus. When we say Commit. It means literally God is committed to you that he laid down his life for you. All right. <laughs> okay. 
that's why we're fasting for 21 days. Okay, another one. So covenant, and I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. Covenant, commitment. I want you to put this word, trust. In 2021, one of my favorite messages was by Pastor Isaac. And Isaac stood by this table, and he spoke on uh, Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart. In great illustration, watch me. I can't do it as good as he did. He came and he said, I only trust those that I'm close to. Can I say, I don't trust everyone I'm close to. I trust people who are committed to me, who are committed to me during the good days and the bad days. I trust people whose commitment goes far beyond my, their approval of me, but they're committed to me. You'd say, who is one person that you would know for sure? I'd say, number one, were my parents. I can honestly say my mom and dad loved us. They were not perfect. Trust me. I had to go through inner healing because when you're raised in Louisiana and they don't give you timeouts, but they beat their children, you're going to have to nail some things to the cross. Come to the encounter, okay? <laughs> However, I can honestly tell you they were committed to us. I think about it today. Mom and daddy were committed to our education, our well-being. I'll tell you someone who I really, really trusted, maybe even more than my parents, was my maternal grandmother. And I'm going to tell you why. I had a sense, no matter what I told my grandmother, my grandmother was committed to me. She was the only one at the age of 20 when I entered into a vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ and really felt called to go to a Christian university. My entire family was saying, no, you need to go to a state university. And I went to grandma's house and I said, hey, I'm feeling this. And she said, you go, you go and it'll make something out of you. And I knew that her commitment to me was not based on my actions or a good day or a bad day. I personally have never trusted anyone who is committed to me like the weather, that one day it's cold, the next day it's hot. I can't put my trust in that. So you have covenant, you have commitment, you have trust. I want you to put this next word is honesty. You know how people say today, I'm just keeping it real. No, I'm only honest. Someone recently said, I feel like you've been distant with me. And I said, well, I have been. And they kind of looked. I think they were shocked that I said that. And I said, because you've been distant with me. And can I be honest with you? You are free with your feelings where Becky and I have gone wrong, but we cannot be free with you with our feelings. That is not a relationship. Can I tell you one of the most beautiful things you and I, as we calibrate, we get in sync with God Almighty in relationship with him. Stop thinking that God doesn't know the worst part of you. Stop thinking that God does not know your darkness. Can I say you could have a dark night of the soul. The greatest thing that you could do, please don't try to hide it. Invite God into your darkness. Can I say the Bible says he knows you. 
He knows you when you sit. He knows you when you stand. It is bogus Christianity to think that there's some people that do not have an adjustment in their life that we need to invite God. If the only communication that we have is affirming, then that sets us up for failure. Where I love one of my favorite verses of God. He says, hey, though your sins be scarlet, come, let's read together. Talk to me about it. You made your bed in hell. You went up to the mountain. You have good words. You have bad words. Come on. I know you and I still choose you and I still am committed to you. I want you to be honest with me. Okay, let me tell you this way. One day, I'm sure it was either impure thinking or my anger. Those are pretty too much, that's it. I don't, I'm not tempted to steal. Not really tempted. I don't know to jump off a cliff, who would be? But those are the two main things in my cul-de-sac. And one morning, beginning of the year, Bible reading plan, new glossy Bible. They go, God, I hate my sin. I hate it, I hate it. I heard Almighty God laughing in my soul. And I go, what are you laughing about? He goes, you don't hate it. He goes, actually, you love it. He said, why don't you invite me into the very thing that you love and let me bring my enlightenment in that area. And why don't you just be honest with me and call to me and I'm going to show you things you do not know. I think you're getting that. Okay, listen to this service, okay? Covenant, commitment, trust, honesty, and I want to say communication. What is prayer and fasting about? It's about communicating, first of all, with God. Now I'll tell you what happens to me when I start fasting. Okay, I know, oh, good God. Yeah, what are you fasting? I am fasting... Uh, the HG channel. Well, do you watch it? No, but I'm fasting it, you know? <laughs> it's like as a Catholic going to Holy Cross Elementary. What are you fasting during Lent this year? Mm, broccoli, you know? And it's like, Mom goes, you don't even like broccoli. I know, and I'm fasting it, you know? And so normally we give up something that we like. And can I say, uh, if you have diabetes, you have a health condition where you have to have food, I get that. Check with the doctor. But you know what? One meal won't hurt most of us. Now, let me tell you what happens when I skip a meal. Okay, forget it. When I skip two meals. Okay, when I go from sunup to sundown, you would think I have not eaten in 40 days and I become so hangry, it's not even funny. And I love blaming, blaming things on blood sugar. My blood sugar's affected. Give me an In-N-Out burger now. And then you eat and all of a sudden you become Christ-like. Can I say one of the things about prayer and fasting, okay, Mark 9 says this, these kind come through prayer and fasting. Some of us have some things so deeply lodged within us, it may take two consecutive meals to break that chain off your emotions. That's for another group of people. Let's move on, all right? Communication. Communication is important. I want to say this. The next one is friendship. 
So you have covenant, you have commitment, you have trust, you have honesty, you have communication. Can I say communication with God to me is paramount? I actually think communication in any relationship is paramount. And I think one reason some people don't like to communicate is because they don't want to hear, they don't want people to be honest, you know, and God wants honesty. So if I feel like he let me down in 2021, guess what I'm telling him? Saying I didn't understand this. I told him that nine years ago when Becky was diagnosed. And I went and said, Lord, I'm struggling with this. I have served you. I did everything I knew how to do. What in the world is going on? And all of a sudden, I'm telling you, without words, his presence came on and in. And somehow I knew I was going to make it. And I knew that tragedy and that evil was not of him. That we live in a fallen world. We have fallen, broken bodies. And that he was with me. And I promise you, nine years later, he walked me through. And I believe in friendship with God. I believe in friendship with God. And I want to say this last thing. It is that, the last word that brings fulfillment. Covenant. Commitment. Trust, honesty. One of the people I really trust is my twin sister. You say, why? Well, I've known her the longest. She's my womanmate. I, I trust her. Trust, honesty. I want you to get this communication and friendship. And it's real friendship that brings fulfillment. Now, uh, this is where I want to stop. I really believe these 21, I'm going to stand up. These two, this is a new Bible. Have I not told you that? Um, our world's really modern. You could get a test now at home. You could have a phone, but it's so much more than a phone. There are more millionaires now than they've ever had in the history of the world. Why are so many people not fulfilled? And I want to stand before you. You could find your career and still not be fulfilled. You could be married and still not be fulfilled. You could be one of the wealthiest people in the entire world and still not be fulfilled. Ted Turner, who discovered and was the father of satellite television, said if anyone thinks being wealthy will give them satisfaction, has never had money. I'm going to go a step further for any adolescents out there. Anyone who thinks, well, if I just had sex, I'd be fulfilled. No, not so. You could go and check with someone who's been working Sunset Boulevard and you will see that does not bring fulfillment. There's only one thing that brings real fulfillment and that is relationship or I'd say this way friendship and a friendship with God is unbelievable and you do not, I do not, we do not become friends with God the way we become friends on Facebook or friends on social media or the way we sign up for little 
political parties or we follow these group of emails, we become in a relationship with God. And Rick warns, right, it starts off with God. He is a covenant-making, covenant-keeping God. He is committed to me more than I am committed to him. And I could trust him with my entire life during the good days and the bad days. And yes, I want to be honest with him and I want to communicate with him. And that flings open the doors wide for me to have a relationship with him. And that is how we have satisfaction. That's how we have fulfillment. And I want to say is I am beginning a new year. I'm really turning back uh, time. I think we need to begin to think what brought people 2,000 years ago fulfillment? What brought people 1,500 years ago fulfillment? How could it be my grandparents were satisfied with so much less than we have today? Could it be they knew a secret of having a relationship with God and one another? Come on. Can you say amen? Will you stand up? I want to pray for us. And and again, this is what I am praying today. I, I want to know God. I want to become like God. I want to lead with God. And I want to bear fruit with God. And so right now, as a pastor, as a leader, as one of the leaders in this church, I'm holding my hands like this. It's not magical. This isn't Disney. I'm simply holding my hands. It's like, God, I, I want an adjustment. I don't want you playing. I don't want to sound like a piano that's out of tune. I want you to calibrate me now that the priority of my life is going to be my relationship with you. Amen. And so will you join me online and here in the auditorium? Let's pray that. Pray it with me. Almighty God, we come and I absolutely yield to you. God, I, I know you've made a covenant with me. And God, that covenant is not based on good days and bad days. I remove myself off such a roller coaster. And God, I place myself in your loving hands, O oh Lord. And God, I commit my life to you because you are committed to me. And God, I trust you with all my heart. I lean not to my own understanding. And God, in these 21 days, oh Lord, where, or I could say the next 15 days, where I'm not trusting you. I'm trusting myself. I'm still trying to figure it out on my own. I want to yield that part of me where I'm still trying to figure it out on my own. Come on, what is that area? It could be money. It could be a friendship. It could be your spouse. It could be your job. Give that one area to God. God, I'm going to trust you in that area. I could trust God for finances, but maybe not trusting for my children or grandchildren. I want to trust the Lord with all my heart. And God, we yield and we surrender and we do that. And we ask you now to come and we enter a real relationship with you. And we thank you, God, we're honest, we communicate, and who can believe? that you're our friend and we find deep satisfaction and fulfillment in that in Jesus name I want to do this as we end today really the only way that we could find satisfaction in my uh, honest opinion is to come into a relationship with God 
And for me, that happened when I was 14 and then was solidified when I was 20 years old. And it's never changed. And and it's where you know God is so for you. And when it is, we cannot lead with God if we don't come under his leadership. Meaning, I want you to be number one in my life. I, I want to follow you. I want to obey you. I'm going to invite you in the beginning days of this year. Maybe you believe in God, but your relationship with him, it's on the weekends. It's marginalized. It's, it's a side issue. Really, when we come into a vibrant relationship, we put God at the center of all that we do. Not, not other relationship. God is first. That's what we would say. God is first. So I'm going to count to three and if you need to make God the center or first or Lord of your life you're going to just raise your hand and we're going to pray with you online and here in the auditorium so one if you're making Jesus Lord you're inviting him to be the center of your life two and on three you're just going to simply raise your hand three right now just raise your hand if you're in the auditorium or online so that means today this morning we all are and so let's just pray this say God I yield I surrender my heart to you in Jesus' name. We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.